kind of a weird testimony. About this time last year, um, God talked to, started talking to me about doing something. And it was giving a kidney, donating a kidney. And I'm pretty generous. And I just said to him, God, that, I'm pretty generous, but that's next level. I said, that's pretty out there. And so I just put it on the shelf. And for a couple of months, he just kept bringing it up about donating a kidney. And I went, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to start that process. I don't need, who do I give it to? Just throw it out there to any, any random person, which I wasn't that keen on. Anyway, um, he just kept bringing it up, bringing it up. I said, okay, all right, I'll do it. And a couple of weeks later, um, a friend who I'd known since she was about 14, um, she, um, she popped up and said that she had kidney disease and had, it, had had it for a while, but had been manifesting as all these different things, and um, that she was on the death list. Um, it was a three to five year um, donation um, before, before she was going to get a deceased donor. Um, it was three to five years, and that was before COVID, and they said it was six to seven years after COVID because they had to shut down. And she wasn't going to make that long. And I said, okay. And I just went, you're the one. And I went, you're the reason you, God's been talking to me about that. And so I said, okay, I'll go and see if I'm the same blood type as you because I didn't know what blood type I was. Um, and guess what? I was the same blood type. And I went, okay, surprise, surprise. I went, all right. And so she got me in contact with the kidney coordinator, kidney donation coordinator here in Bundaberg. And there was a, it went from March to about November of tests. I have had every test known to man, and every single test, it was a match. And I just went, I know it's going to be a match. In the end, it was just like, I just know it's going to be a match. Cause, and um, I told her a um, few months into the process, I said, you know, because she used to go to church, and I said, you know God has asked me to do this. I said, this is a, and I told her my story that I've just told you. And she said, oh my gosh, and she just burst out crying. And she said, I thought God had forgotten me in this whole process. And she said, I just thought he just abandoned me. And he, she said, um, she's just so overwhelmed that God loved her and that God saw her and that she thought she was going to run out of time and um, she's got three little kids um, and yeah she thought it was all over and yeah and she sort of started a journey then of turning around and giving God the praise and, the, and stuff like that and when um, the, the surgery was on November the 23rd and she was said can I come to church with you because I said I'm the day before on the Sunday I said I'm going to church and she said can I come with you and she ended up having to have dialysis and all sorts of troubles with dialysis, so she couldn't come. But um, she walked out of the hospital after after the, the transplant and was just giving praise to God. And I went, "Yep, your God has got you. This is a this is a this is a journey that she's on, and He has just got her wrapped up in His hand, and He is just loving her um, all the way through the process. There was and we I wasn't supposed to get a particular test till January at least, and um, they rang me up in October and said, we just had a cancellation. Um, do you want to have it to, um, next week? Um, and we said, yeah, we'll have it. And all the way through, um, we weren't supposed to be able to get the transplant till next year. And they said, 
we've got an opening on the 23rd of November. Can you do that? And we went, yep. And it was just like, just favour and blessing all the way through for her. And she's doing fantastic. So, they say, um, yeah. So. She's back to normal. Everything, all her kidney function is back to normal. And she actually, um, she, she's out of hospital. She's been out of hospital five days after the surgery. But she has to do daily visits to hospital to, to check all different levels. And, um, yeah, um, she's been home for Christmas for, with the kids, which has been fantastic. And she goes down again for the week, next week, and that's it. She's done. She's um, in the clear. Thank you, God. That's big testimony, isn't it? I just want to thank God for what he's done this year because um, my son, who's been 25 years on, to, on drugs, is finally in rehabilitation, which is good. I, I believe that he's going to get right with God, which is going to keep him going because they can go into rehabilitation come out and do the same thing again so I'm really believing that he's going to get his heart back with God God's told me he's got his hand on him but uh, I just want to share about our neighbour we've got a a beautiful old lady next door Mavis and um, about three months ago she came to us and she said oh um, they tell me I'm riddled with cancer she was very upset and uh, we said, well, we'll pray for you, Mavis. And she said, thank you. And um, then it's later on, she came about three or four weeks later and she came home with a carer who takes her out. And she couldn't wait to come in and, and she said to the carer, come on, I'm oh, sorry, come and we'll t- I'll tell Eddie and Jill. And when she came in, she said, no cancer in my body. And we said, yeah, God's with you. <laughs> And praise God, she set free for that. Well, on uh, Christmas Day, we invited her over for Christmas because she's on her own. And she came over and we had uh, time to talk to her about God. And, and she said she went to Salvation Army Sunday School. She's lived here all her life. And um, we ended up uh, asking her, Eddie, end up praying with her to receive the Lord. And she, she prayed along with us and belie- really believed that God's going to do a wonderful work in her heart. And God is so good, you know. Sometimes you think, well, Lord, is anything going to happen? But he does. He's do- doing things all the time. Another thing that happened was on Christmas Day, Eddie decided to ring his brother in New Zealand to say, it's Merry Christmas. And uh, he got quite a shock because his wife said, he's dead. And Eddie said, what? She said, yeah, he died on the 2nd of May. And they never knew. They never told any of the family. He, uh, he had diabetes, it cut a leg off, and he just gave up and died but through it all we he got a chance to talk to his wife who is uh, um, from the Cook Islands Rawatanga she's an islander and um, she's a Christian and his her son because of COVID only one person could go and visit him and all the time he was in the hospital her son went and stayed with him and uh, he, he was brought up Catholic but we really believe that, that the son being a Christian would have ministered to Richard and we just thank God for that. And that's the most important thing of all. So thank God for that. Any other 2020 testimonies? Petronella. My 
my daughter, she, she comes to Lord when she's nine years old. Now she knowing church, she knows reading Bible. She will come back to God. I know that. And it happened to her before Christmas, her car stopped, no working. And she stressed, she cried. She said, Mom, why this happened to me for Christmas? Everything happened to me in Christmas day. What I do, Lord? Uh, what I do, Mom? I said, don't worry. I have one, <laughs> one brother in church, he mechanic, he good mechanic. He will look your car. And I ring him and thank you, God, he coming. Stradivari, it not take very long, he fix it. Now I ring my daughter, I said, car work, working. He, she said, how, how? I said, ask, ask him, I don't know. And uh, I asked him how much cost, because I said to my daughter, she know money I'm be given. And he said, nothing, Merry Christmas. And yesterday, I, I said to, at Christmas day, I said to my daughter, you see how much God love you? See how much he, he love you? Very much, you know? And just, she no said nothing. Well, you look at me, I'll anyway. She will come back. She be thinking, our God is good. Awesome God, and I'm still <laughs> exciting. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Good morning. Sometime during the year, Trish and I were asked to pray for a lady. And she is not in a good way. She has many things wrong with her body. She sleeps at night time at the kitchen table, leaning over the kitchen table. We have prayed for her and there's been some improvement, but nowhere near what we would have liked. And my wife, in her compassionate way, decided that this lady needed a Christmas present. And at the time, uh, just, just recently now, as we, uh, the church, you, gave food parcels out, hampers out for Christmas for people, Trish suggested that this lady would be worthy. So we took a Christmas parcel there as well. And I want to read to you her response. Just listen to what she has to say. Forget that Trish and I are involved. Just listen to what she has to say. After I get my glasses on. Wow, Bruce and Trish. Thank you all so much. I just opened the box of much needed food. I have absolute thankfulness, graciousness and humility to you all and God. I wasn't well yesterday, so had a quiet day my, by myself. All this delicious Christmas food and some luxury goodness has overwhelmed me. And it couldn't come at a better time. And thank you for your beautiful embroidered tea towel. What a lovely personal gift that will last for years and remind me of you two and your beautiful heart and thinking of me. I am literally crying texting this part as it does mean a lot. Your gift add, as it was the only one under my tree and is so lovely. Thank you once again. I really, I really feel that 
as a church, you need to pat yourself on the back. Tim also for the foresight. Harry, who's done a lot of the work in, in the food parcels. And Stephen, sorry, Steve. Your compassion, your hunger to help people out there in the community has had an effect. It has impacted the world. One by one, we will win them. Thank you. Gaylene, come on down. So last, this year, we're not there next year yet. <laughs> this year, um, with all the COVID, we felt really restricted in what we could do in moving out and, and doing things like we're quite used to. And um, towards the end um, of November, I had two ladies say to me, we're going on a, a journey that the Lord has asked us to do, is to go out led by the Holy Spirit. We're to go to some people out west and we don't know what we've got to do. Would you like to come with us? Such a witness in my spirit, yes, I'm ready to go. And so we headed off. We started in Gainda and Sue prayed for us before we left. Off we went and we um, started off in Dolby. It was um, just went to this lady's house and she had us overnight. Her name was Georgina, but she's known as George. And um, as soon as I met her, I just knew that the Lord wanted her to take on her own name, Georgina. It was so important to him. But I had to just feel my way because um, I didn't want to upset her or, or make her feel awful or anything, but I just knew this name, George, she had taken on manly traits and God wanted her to be his beautiful Georgina. Everywhere we went, we started with communion. And so this first morning before we left Georgina's home, we sat around the communion table and we waited. And this happened at every place we went to. We, I don't know how many places we finished up staying at, but we always started with communion. And we sat and we waited and we listened and the Holy Spirit would always unfold something that we could pray into and over their lives and we left we were to leave fire with them the fire of the Holy Spirit and um, and so I was able to share with Georgina and one of the ladies said to her you are God's princess she said no 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 that's not me that's my sister I'm George and I said, the Lord wants you to be known as Georgina. She said, you know, I was named after my grandfathers. Both of them were George. And that's why they call me George. And so the people around her who know her as George have started to call her Georgina until she gets used to being called the beautiful name that God gave her when she was born. So on we went out to some farmlands out... Um, between Dolby and Toowoomba. You would never have known that there was anything there. Down this dusty road we went and we found a beautiful set of farmhouses. One of the girls knew these people and God had directed us to go there. 
And we sat with these two beautiful men and beautiful women who were so disillusioned, disillusioned with church, disillusioned with what was happening in the body of Christ, heartbroken, um, a long story, long, long story. But we sat with them over communion and God began, began to show us things just for them, things that encouraged them, things that gave them hope. Everything just so led by the Spirit because we didn't, I didn't know these people for a start. But God gave me a vision at this particular home. They have nine grandsons and most of them live on the farm and they're being homeschooled. And, and one of the, the um, cries of their heart was what was happening with the youth in the ministry around Dolby, around Toowoomba. And God just showed me a vision of a racing car. And I knew the racing car was the youth and they were going up and down and up and down and over all these hills and valleys and it was going so fast. And the Lord just showed me that the youth are going to come into the kingdom and their journey with the Lord is going to be such a fast one. And then I saw the harvest fields on either side of the road and I saw this, this racing car being shot out into the harvest fields and they're the ones that the Lord's going to use to bring in the harvest. And that was such a joyous thing for them as, we, as I shared what the Lord was showing me. The other girls were sharing what God was showing them also. It was just the most amazing experience just to, to go into someone's home where you didn't know them and they received what we had to share with them, all led by the Holy Spirit. We went to a couple more homes in, um, in Toowoomba. We stayed there. One home we stayed overnight in and I didn't know what we were there for and neither did the other girls. We were just sitting around the table after breakfast, again with communion ready to be served. And this big man, he was a really huge man, big solid man, a truck driver, trucky attitude. He's got it all sorted. And he received a phone call from his daughter. And you just saw in both the mum and the dad, the life drain out of them. She's been on drugs, she's been um, in domestic violence, badly beaten up. She's got two little children, one and three, and she wanted to hand them over to mum and dad for the day while she got her house ready for an inspection. And you could just see the trauma in both these people and the life and we just knew this is what we're here for Lord and we began to pray and intercede in the spirit for them and this man began to pray in the spirit he hadn't prayed for years in the spirit but he began to pray in the spirit and the Lord just allowed us to pray with them we took communion and you, you saw them all lifted up and, and encouraged and, and they said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming. And each home was exactly the same as we, we did this. We then went on into Brisbane and um, we had to go over to the Holy Spirit Hospital on the north side of Brisbane to pick up a battery for a, um, a lady with a pacemaker back in Gainda. And... Um, I said, well, I know about where the ho this hospital is. I've been there and um, one of the girls, she's lived over that area. So we're all chatting away and having a good time and talking and we missed the turn off. <laughs> we, 
we're go going further out and I'm thinking, oh, we're getting closer to my son's place. And suddenly I had this desire to, to see my son. He um, had radical surgery for um, prostate cancer this year. He's only 47. So um, we couldn't go down and be with him because of the COVID rulings. So we had to basically go on, on his own other than his ex-wife who took time off work to care for him and, um, and his, his own daughter. And I just had this desire to see him. And, um, and we'd passed all these turn-offs to go to this hospital and suddenly we were near the shopping centre where my son lived and we were able to go and visit with him, have coffee, come out and I just knew this was a God moment. This was a God moment. Those two girls saw stuff in him. We couldn't pray with him. That's not, not hands off, don't do that mum. But we were able to pray with him later on that, uh, pray for him later on that evening. And um, it was just an amazing time of prayer again. And um, went and stayed in a Greek family's home, went to a Greek church the next morning. Um, just all spirit-led the whole thing. And it was just amazing what God will do when we just say, yes, God, I'm available. And to see the people who were just so ministered to, they just said, thank you for coming. We needed to hear you. We needed to see you. So never be afraid of what God will say and where he will lead you and what he wants to do with you, even if you don't feel adequate enough. You just say, yes, God, and he will do it. It just reminded me of um, one of the verses the Lord gave me this morning um, for today. Um, in the sharing testimony time is out of 2 Timothy and it says I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power and love and sound judgment or a sound mind amen and I really feel that's for some people today I, you know God didn't just give me that verse just to go you know that's a really nice verse Tim but that's actually, actually for some of us today there's there are gifts, there are things that have been lying dormant in people's lives that God wants to bring out. Things that have been discouraged along the way, you know, you might have shared, shared your heart for something with someone along the way and they poo-hooed it. Whatever it is, you know, that there, that there are gifts, you've been in places where you've been unable to use them. Whatever the case may be, God is, is wanting to rekindle those things in your life. There's no such thing as... You know, I served God for a few years and then I'm now in retirement. As you know, my word is refinement, not retirement. We're all ambassadors for the kingdom of God, amen? So for some of you today, God is wanting to encourage you to rekindle those gifts that are within. And this is the key. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, such of the, such of the, so much of the world is under fear. We've... We've actually got some people that would normally be here today that are not here, here today, and we probably should pray for them. Um, there's quite a few people, but Gary and Julie particularly ask for prayer because they've had to self-isolate because their grandson, daughter, grandchild, I use that word, can't remember if it's a boy or a girl, they've got um, twins and they've got ear infections. 
So, of course, they go to the hospital and straight away they say, well, we're going to give you a COVID test and because they're in the same household, everyone's have to isolate. You know, so much of the world is under that, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us sound mind. Amen. Amen. So, you know, that verse speaks to us in so many ways. You know, when the world is under something, we don't have to partner with that because God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. But in the context of this passage, it's about rekindling the gift of God that is in you. For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. You don't need to, you know, like God doesn't want you to sit back in a seat and go, you know, no, I, no, I don't do that anymore. You know, I've met so many people along the journey, I guess, because I have the prophetic gift. I've met so many people along the journey that, that said, I used to prophesy, but I don't do that anymore. And then I start to speak to them and go, well, why? And there's all kinds of reasons why. Maybe they weren't allowed to, you know. Maybe they got something a little bit wrong and they got, you know, rather than, than getting mentored through that and fathered through that, they got shut down because of that. There's so many different reasons, but God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. What is the gift that is in you that you've laid down? What is the ministry that God has given you that you've laid down? And God wants to encourage you today that he hasn't given you fear. So just as Galen was just sharing, you know, that she did something she's never done before, God is encouraging all of us to do something we've never done before. Stepping out of the boat, stepping out of our comfort zones, doing things we've never done before, stepping more and more and partnering with the grace of God in our lives, amen? You know, I look at people around us and I think, you know, in this place today, there's so much gifting, there's so much grace, there's so much anointing. You know, and that's, and that's why we need to encourage each other more and more and more and more. Amen? To rise up in the gift of teaching, to rise up in the gift of prophecy, to rise up in faith, to rise up in the gift of healing. Whatever it may be, God is encouraging you today to rekindle that gift. I guess the question is, is that you? Is there something that you know that you should be functioning more that you're not? Is there something that you look back and you say, you know what, I used to do that, but I don't do that now. What is it for you today? Because now's a good day. It's good to start a new year on the front foot. Yeah? So I'm thinking we should minister into that, but, if, but if, is there anyone else who's got a testimony before we do that? Um, testimony, not so much. All I can say is throughout this whole year, God has been so good. Through It's, it's really hard, like um, you step back from a year that just happened and everything you think that's just been a mess or just been so disorganised, you take a step back and it's like a picture that God's just woven and you see his hand in just everything. So yeah, I hope that encourages you. Um, just off the back of what Tim was sharing my mum earlier, I just want to encourage you as this season comes to a close and a new season opens, um, God's really been putting on my heart, I read a book, I don't know how many years ago, um, by Jim Gold called Dreaming with God and he's really been bringing that to mind lately. What, is it, what, what the main gist of it is about is let God's thoughts, his creativity become your thoughts and your creativity. So I want to encourage you to dream big this next year. 
like stupid crazy like things that the world would tell you'd be impossible because they're God's thoughts they're God plans and nothing's too big for God right so as we step out in this new year and we leave the old year behind I just yeah if it's okay I'd like to pray over you guys um if that's all right Father Lord give us give us hearts to receive Jesus Father I pray over these people Father God, that you would come to them in dreams and visions, Father, Lord, that you'd show them the plans and purposes for their life, Father. Fill them with courage, fill them with confidence, Jesus, Lord, to know that it's not them, but it's you, God, that your dreams become their dreams, Father. God, just give us the faith of the mustard seed, just, just to step out and say, yes, God, I will go. Yes, God. So, Thank you, Jesus. I pray you just receive that. And as we step out into this new year and new season, don't be afraid to dream big. Don't be afraid to dream big. The music, you can come. Oh, you got something? Yeah, you're right. Just to confirm everything this morning, um, the Lord was really ministering to me this morning about leaving the past behind and stepping into the new. See, I'm doing a new thing. And to refresh our vision for the next year, to put the past, whatever we've seen in this last year, to lay that to rest. That is not the framework for our future. So he's pretty much saying, blessed is he who hopes in the Lord, who has roots into the, into the stream. The stream is a refreshment. So be refreshed in hope. Be refreshed that God is a God of hope. And keep your eyes fixed on him, the perfecter of our faith. That's it. Thanks, Emma. Amen. Hey, I just, um, one thing I shared prophetically um, last week was that be, be the, the expression of Christ that God wants you to be. We're all called to be an expression of Christ. Amen. We are the aroma of Christ among those who are perishing. God has given, you know, God has put good works in front of each and every one of us. We're called to express Christ. We are salt and light in this community. Amen. We are blessed. You know, it's one of those throwaway lines, I'm blessed to be a blessing, and people just, you know, oh yeah, I've heard that before. But it's actually true. In Christ, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, not for ourselves, but that we could give that and we could share that. And I feel in the spirit, and I'll be sharing a little bit more next week because I haven't got the full download yet, but 2021 is about being on the front foot. 2021 is about advancing. Yeah? So I want to encourage you today, you know, to be that blessing that other people need, to be the hope carriers, to be the joy carriers, to be the peace carriers, whatever it is, to be that expression of Christ in this community. Amen? So I just want to pray over you before we sing this. Yeah, you can start praying. You can go for it. We're going to sing the song, The Blessing, to finish today. Yeah? When you sing this song, how do we sing it? Do we sing it? Do we sing it over the person sitting next to you? Yeah, we do. Do we sing it over the person behind you or in front of you? Yes, we do. Do we sing it over our families? Yes, we do. But we sing it over this community. We sing it over this region that God has placed us in. Because it's our heart to see hearts turn to Jesus. To, for people to taste and see that the Lord is good, amen.
This is why we have to be on the front foot. This is why God's saying, don't fear. Fear has no place. His perfect love casts out all fear. You do not need to be fearful, but instead you are spirit-filled warriors for the Lord's and you can trust Him. You can trust Him in everything. He is faithful in every way, in everything. He is trustworthy. And He's just saying, arise, my son, arise, my daughter, arise. Arise and stand in my grace. Arise and stand in my truth. Arise and stand in my glory. Amen. So we sing this song over this region and beyond because it goes out in the Spirit. Amen. So let's stand. Lord, I want to thank you for each and every person that's here today. Lord, I pray that this next year would be a year of breakthrough. I pray for each one that's here today, including myself, that we would further step out. We would walk by faith and we would be a people that, that are known for walking by faith. As Paul said uh, to one of the churches, I think it was Philippi, I am rejoicing because your faith or the the stories of your faith has reached out into other places. Lord, that we'd be a people known by people of faith. And Lord, that we'd be a people known by walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Let the gifts, let the visions, let the, the good works that you've planned for each one come forth this year, coming in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you that your Spirit at work within us brings forth power and love and sound mind in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. You're calling us forth. You're calling us forward. You're calling us into things that we can't handle because it is you. It is you. It's not by might of our power, it's by your spirit. We look to you. Jesus, Jesus.